Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and our speaker, H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. The quartet opens this first broadcast of a brand new year with a personal good wish for you and a musical look into the future in the sweet by and by. There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see it afar For the Father waits over a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore Father in heaven, we thank thee for the revelation of thyself in nature, in human experience, and above all in the Holy Scripture. Lead us today into the higher things of thy word, and guide us in Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest near 
sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, Hold us who bow before thee, near to the heart of God. King's Heralds and Miss Del Delker blend voices to bring us a song by Ira D. Sankey, which has been a favorite with many of you listeners. A song of heaven and homeland. A song of heaven and homeland.
It will bring you greater blessings than ever before if you prepare to receive the spiritual values awaiting you. God so loved the world. God so Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, What Jesus Said About God. There are many today who recognize the existence of God. They see his handwriting in the sky, in the constitution of matter itself, in the mystery and wonder of his providence, but do not wish to know him personally. He's not their God, not their Heavenly Father. Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick relates that one day in Paris, a religious procession carrying a crucifix passed Voltaire and a friend of his. Voltaire, who was generally looked upon as an infidel, raised his hat. The friend exclaimed, What? Are you reconciled with God? The philosopher, with his characteristic irony, replied, We salute, but we do not speak. Jesus said, If he had known me, ye should have known the Father also. John eight nineteen. 
It's clear then that Jesus said that God is like himself. He represents God to the world. And in so representing him, he shows us that God is a God of love, and that the supreme law of the universe is the law of unselfish giving. I do nothing of myself, he said. The living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father. I seek not mine own glory, but the glory of him that sent me. God is the great giver in creation and in redemption. The hearts of men are often dark with misapprehension of God, but Jesus brings the light. He shows that God is our Father, who delights in giving good gifts to his children. And his greatest gift is the gift of his Son. For God so loved the world that he gave. So our Lord Jesus reveals God as a personal being. Not only does he constantly use the personal pronoun in referring to God, but the attributes of personality are said to belong to him. God loves, he expresses his love. Only a personal being can love. Love is the highest expression of personality and of God's character. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love, is the reading of 1 John 4, 8. God is no mere philosophical abstraction. The Apostle Paul said, Ephesians 1, 3, that he is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke of God as the Creator in Matthew, the 19th chapter and the fourth verse. God is not the universe. He's the creator of the universe. The living God revealed to men by Jesus Christ was not the impersonal force of pantheism. He is the creator who spake and it was done, commanded and it stood fast. In spite of 6,000 years of sin, there is still beauty in the world, reminding us of the hand from which we came. Even the laws of nature are evidences of God, for God is a God of law. The laws of nature are really the thoughts of the great mathematician. And so the transcendent, immanent God, the God of Holy Scripture, speaks to all thoughtful observers in the glory of the heavens above us, in the mystery of the earth about us, and in the wonder of the human mind within us. And here we find that very thought in Zechariah 12, verse 1. The Lord which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundations of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Jesus said that God, our heavenly Father, is the ruler of providence. He upholds the worlds and all things and guides men. Read the wonderful passage in Matthew 6 where Jesus says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? God knows our needs, our need of food, drink, and clothing. He knows we have need of these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus said, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
Is it not true that in seeking these things first and making God second, we do not really seek God at all? In this modern age, the tyranny of things is in conflict with the rule of God in our hearts. True, we need the things, but we need God and his kingdom more. In the darkest days of the Reformation, when Luther was pressed beyond measure, he wrote to his friend, Melanchthon, I'm against those worrying cares which are taking the heart out of you. Why make God a liar by not believing his wonderful promises when he commands us to be of good cheer and cast all our care upon him? For he will sustain us. Do you think he throws such words to the winds? What more can the devil do than slay us? Christ has died for sin once for all, but for righteousness he will not die, but live and reign. Why then worry, seeing he is at the helm? He who has been our father will also be the father of our children. And as for me, whether it proceed from God's spirit or stupidity, the Lord Jesus knows, I do not torment myself about such matters. Well, friends, we are sure that it was not stupidity but the very presence of God that motivated that great man in this statement. The Heavenly Father, who has thought things through from the beginning to the end, by his Spirit goes with us to see us through to the consummation of his purposes in our lives. When affairs in the American Constitutional Convention had reached an impasse and further progress seemed impossible, it was Benjamin Franklin, a non-churchman who called for prayer. He said, God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, neither can a kingdom rise without his aid. God is interested also in individuals. Some people look out on the vastness of the universe revealed by modern science and find it hard to believe that the Creator could have personal care for the human motes on this tiny speck called Earth. But this paralyzing doubt arises from their small views of God. They feel that he is altogether such an one as themselves, as David put it in the 50th Psalm. The Holy Scripture recognizes this very attitude and declares, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. Wonderful words those in Isaiah 57, 16. As science advances, we learn of the vastness of the universe, and we need to remember that we have a big God. Many terrible things take place in this world, some of which in our finite understanding we can never harmonize with acts of love. Nevertheless, the word of God standeth sure, and in the shadow of the cross we see that God is love. We see many things in the world that are evil. Sorrow, tears, suffering, pain. We cannot understand the universe or God's ways with it. And we may have our dark moments and our temptations to doubt. Not everything in the universe is good. But if we walk by faith, we may hear and certainly later know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Romans eight twenty-eight. That's a wonderful text to remember. The things themselves may not be good, but there will be good in the end. We need always to remember that Jesus said God is a spirit, 
And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And in this connection, Jesus mentioned the true worshipers who will worship the Lord neither in Jerusalem nor on Mount Gerizim as necessary locations of devotion. Our Savior announced that God is seeking true worship, not only from Samaritans and Jews, but from all men. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. John 4:23. We need to remember that God our Father is not some far-off deity unconcerned with his children. So many men look for God thinking that he may be in some far-off land, some location difficult to find, oblivious to the truth that he is not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As we read in Acts 17, 27, if we believe what Jesus told us about God, life may be beautiful for every one of us. We're not alone in this universe. God is our creator. He is not far from us. He knows about us. He loves us. He cares for us. He guides us. He hears our prayers. Knowing this and all that it means, we find life worth living. We think of Fanny Crosby, the noted hymn writer who was blinded at the age of six weeks by the application of a too strong poultice to her eyes. She never saw the light and beauty of this world, not once. Her eyes were shut to it all. Yet through her long life she didn't repine. She did not blame God. She did not lose her faith but continually became stronger and stronger spiritually. As a result, the world has been blessed and millions of souls have been enriched by her beautiful songs. Of Fanny Crosby, who lived in the United States, Francis R. Havergal of England wrote as follows, Sweet blind singer over the sea, tuneful and jubilant, how can it be that the notes of gladness that float so far, as if they fell from an evening star, the notes of one who may never see visible music of flower or tree. How can she sing in the dark like this? What is her fountain of youth and bliss? Her heart can see. Her heart can see. Well may she sing so joyously, for the king himself in his tender grace has shown her the brightness of his face. We too may have this vision of God here and now through faith in his Son, to the living God, the creator and sustainer of all things, the first person of the Holy Trinity, whose eternity, omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, and sovereignty, and love are declared in Holy Scripture, we pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Song shall rise to thee.
The Bible doesn't say very much about the Apostle Andrew, but when it does, you always find Andrew telling someone else about Jesus. We must have a lot of present-day Andrews in our radio audience, for many write us, telling how they invite others to listen to the Sunday broadcasts of the Voice of Prophecy and to enroll them in the Faith Bible Course. Others write in, telling us that someone told them about the broadcast and the free Bible course that they could have just by requesting it. We certainly do appreciate this. Jesus' last commission to his people before returning to his heavenly home was, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. The voice of prophecy is one of the many means designed by God to do this. During this coming year, we will be looking for one million new listeners. You, my friends, are the best boosters a program can have. Won't you tell your friends and neighbors about our Sunday broadcasts? Help us find one million new listeners this year. Invite them to listen and tell them of the free Bible course. We feel that besides helping someone else to learn about the love of God in this way, you too will receive a very definite blessing. Until next week then, at the same time, this is Orville Iverson, the Associate Minister of the Voice of Prophecy, joining with the others in our group, praying that 1957 will be a year filled with the blessings of God. So let us then look up and go forward in faith. Have faith in God. Our praise to Him accord. Have faith in God, forevermore adored. Have faith in God, revealed in Christ our Lord. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this transcribed program has served to give you spiritual strength for the coming week. And now we invite you to join us again next week at this same time for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. Every Thursday is prayer day at the Voice of Prophecy. We gather together here in our studio, all the workers. We read the letters which have come in to us, the special requests for prayer. And then we pray personally for those who need help. And everywhere around the world, our friends are praying on that day. It is a worldwide day of prayer every week for all who hear the voice of the prophecy message. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.